For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Brett Curry, and we're going to explore how to remarket people via YouTube ads. Now, I know you hear a lot of talk on this show about Facebook ads, but did you know what can be done with YouTube? You're going to want to stick around and for sure listen to this episode. If you want to email me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com comes right to my inbox. And with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I was given this find from one member of our community called, uh, his name is Scott Elmgren, and he gave me this cool tool called displayPurposes.com. Tell us more. What does it do? All right. So there's this one key pain point when it comes to Instagram hashtags in captions or in comments. And it's the fact that you can't do a carriage return in the app. And why that's a problem is because people want to be able to have a nice, clean, fresh, white space, professional looking comment or listing when it comes to their Instagram posts, when you've got a big block of 30 hashtags, this allows you to do that. Got it. So how does it work? So how this works is you type in all the different or copy them in all the different hashtags you want to use for your Instagram post. And then this switches over to copy mode and it automatically populates with those spaces, those carriage returns, your uh, comment or your caption. And you can literally copy and then paste it over into Instagram and boom. Problem fixed. So just so I can paraphrase what I hear you saying is that on Instagram, um, normally to kind of hit return a bunch of times wouldn't work. And somehow this app allows you to hit return a bunch of times to give you a little bit of white space before all those hashtags are there so that it it's you know not, not obviously prevalent unless you happen to scroll down further. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, exactly it. Instagram itself does not have a return button. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, displaypurposes.com is the place to check it out. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for today's interview with Brett Curry. 
helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Brett Curry. If you don't know who Brett is, he's the CEO of OMG Commerce and a YouTube ads expert. He authored the book, The Ultimate Guide to Google Shopping for Shopify. He's also host of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Super excited to have you here today. Today, Brett and I are going to explore how to retarget customers, prospects using YouTube. And this is not a topic I've ever really spoken about uh, on this podcast before. Before we get into that, Brett, I'd love to hear your backstory. How did you get into YouTube advertising? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I'm really excited to dive into the topic as well. And an honor to be here. Love the love the podcast. Love what you guys do. Uh, but I actually started a, a small ad agency right out of college, which is not the traditional path. But uh, I, I was I was in radio, sold radio to put myself through college, started an ad agency, and really fell in love with TV at that time, just because I saw the the impact and the celebrity status that that TV ads would create, even for a local business. And you know, people would say to me, "Hey, when when I run TV, my phone rings and people come in the store. You know, it just works." And so then in like 2004, I, I kind of got into to search and, and SEO. And then in 2010, built OMG, you know, just focused on online marketing. And then as YouTube ads progressed and as we saw how we could combine them with search ads, it was just like this match made in heaven. And then I thought, man, this is perfect. I love video. I love search. Let's, let's, make, let's make this happen. And so, you know, I'm a big believer in remarketing and, and being creative in your remarketing. I think we can all agree at this point that remarketing works well. And, and I think YouTube marketing just creates some unique opportunities with remarketing. And then, and you mentioned the the Google Shopping Guide. We actually we kind of built our our claim to fame for our agency was is more around Google Shopping and search than anything else. But but like I said, we've been able to kind of uh, combine YouTube to the mix and create some pretty interesting results. And so so excited to to dive into those today. Very cool. So your agency um, or your company OMG Commerce, what what do you guys do exactly? If you could share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the, the way we present it, so we're a full funnel e-commerce marketing agency, and we we primarily focus on search, display, shopping, and YouTube. And so really the way we want to look at it is we want to attract the right shoppers at every stage of the funnel and introduce them to our client's brand. So maybe if it's at the top of the funnel and someone is just you know looking for solutions or researching, maybe they're looking for you know, iPhone case review or something like that. We've got a, a client that sells uh, iPhone accessories. Then we want to target them with an ad on YouTube, you know, showing our client's product. If someone is actively searching on Google for a particular product, so they're, they're typing in, you know, iPhone 7 Plus screen protector, we want our, our Google shopping ad and our text ad to be there. And then once we get the click and if we don't get a conversion, we want to start remarketing to them as well. So we've kind of built out this full funnel where we can start targeting people at the top of the funnel, put them on remarketing lists, then you know start to hit them with with search and shopping ads and, and display ads. And then, you know, like I said, YouTube for remarketing as well. So that, that's what we focus on. So it's primarily Google products. Uh, we're believers in any kind of marketing that works, but we're a full funnel agency and we're all about driving 
the right traffic, and then helping connect the dots too, like making sure that we've got AdWords conversion tracking, Google Analytics working, the right attribution model, and just pulling all that together so we see, hey, what, what kind of an impact are we having? And, and, and being able to see what are the top of funnel campaigns doing in middle and bottom of funnel campaigns doing. So, so connecting all the dots as well is really important. Perfect. So um, obviously YouTube is owned by Google for those that don't make those mental connections in their brain. Um, what, what, what's the, a lot of people on this podcast hear a lot about Facebook advertising. So what's the YouTube advantage? Yeah, it's a great question. And first of all, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of Facebook. We, you know, a lot of our clients are advertising on Facebook. And, and because a couple of the, the audiences that I get to speak to and address, we run into a lot of merchants that have spent a ton of money on, on Facebook and they're getting good results there. But then they're saying, hey, can we do something similar? Like this kind of targeting we're doing on Facebook, can we do something similar with YouTube and, and Google Display Network? Uh, and the answer for the most part is, is yes. And so, you know, in my opinion, it's not should you choose YouTube over Facebook. It, it's usually you want to do both. But some of the advantages I think that, that YouTube has, uh, one is, is the way they count a video view. So I think as probably a lot of your listeners know, after three seconds of viewing a, a Facebook video ad, that counts as a view. And so as an advertiser, you'd be charged for that view after just three seconds, which is pretty short and may or may not mean someone is engaged at all with your video. With YouTube, that's closer to 30 seconds. Mm. So it's either 30 seconds or you know, if you're running a 15-second ad or something, it's, it's the whole – it's the length of the video. And, and so I think that's a better measure of is someone actually engaged or, or more likely to be engaged with the video. So I do like that aspect. I like that you're not charged until someone views – 30 seconds of the, of the video. Uh, the, the, the ways you can target viewers on YouTube is improving and, and growing. And so you've got things like in-market audiences where you can look for people that are in the market for a particular type of product. So we just work in the skincare business. So you can choose people that have identified by their search patterns that they're in the market for skincare or in the market for you know automotive parts or a new car or whatever. So that can be kind of interesting. There's some other audience targeting, like affinity audiences, where someone is is maybe uh, they're they're into travel or they're a foodie or something along those lines. Uh, but one of the, the the targeting capabilities that I think is just the best uh, with YouTube is is the ability to target someone based on their search behavior. So, you know, YouTube is the as I know you know YouTube is the number two search engine. So behind Google, more searches are done on YouTube, even though it's a video platform. Uh, still more searches are done there than on any other search engine except for Google. And so you can target based on their behavior, right? So I think that is such a great insight to someone's intent. You know, what are they, what are they looking for? Are they looking for recipes? Are they looking for, you know, how to make this type of uh, coffee drink? We, we, we do uh, have a couple clients in the coffee space as well, which I'm a junkie, so it's a lot of fun to work on. But, um, you know, how do I make this, you know, pumpkin spice latte? How do I make the pumpkin spice latte? We can target people based on their search behavior as well. So uh, I do like the targeting options in YouTube and there's custom affinity audiences and some other things we can talk about if you want to. Yeah. Well, but, uh, I, if I could throw a couple things in there, obviously yeah. the, the intent with uh, YouTube is there because likely people are searching for something where on Facebook, they're not necessarily searching for anything. They're just in the feed. Plus yep. you also have the, um, you have the, the fact that people go to YouTube to watch video and they don't necessarily go to Facebook to watch video. Exactly. Although Facebook is attempting to change that, that's not actually what most people do on Facebook yet. 
So, and I love what you said earlier that this is a, not necessarily an or, but an and situation, right? Like, absolutely. Like, um, we should also be doing stuff on, on YouTube. So with that setup, um, help us unravel retargeting or remarketing, whatever we want to call it on YouTube. What are the ways that we can retarget on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple ways to look at it. You can, I think when most people think about remarketing or retargeting, they're thinking about someone has been to my site, they did not convert, so they didn't, you know, we do a lot of work in the e-commerce space, so they didn't buy the product or in other spaces, you know, they didn't download the guide or or take whatever action I wanted them to take. So now we can remarket to them on on YouTube. And so we can run an ad just to those users and and either you know remind them of our benefits and remind them of what we what we offer and try to get them back maybe extend an offer of some kind you know a discount offer or a coupon offer something like that uh, so that is definitely there and there there are lots of creative ways to go about doing that uh, you can also look at at remarketing to people that have just engaged with videos right so you can also look at hey if someone has been on my YouTube channel and watched some of my videos I'd like to start targeting them with ads as well. I'd like to start huh. running video ads for those people as well. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that's really cool. So if they've been on your channel and watched some video and, but they did not take whatever desired action, like perhaps subscribe to the channel, I would imagine you could go ahead and, and make a video that incentivizes them to take that action. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And you can actually split those lists. You can look at people that have commented on a, on a video, which I know for some of us that may be kind of small, but people that have commented on a video, people that have watched a particular video or people that have watched any video, there's, there's lots of lists you can build huh. uh, from that. And then, and then yeah, target them with something. So maybe they watched a how-to video. We've got a client that's one of the leading, one of the largest companies in selling uh, coffee syrups and, and stuff. And so they have a lot of how-to videos. So how to make, you know, a caramel macchiato or whatever. And so, you know, someone's watching this informational video. Well, now let's run ads to those people saying, hey, do you want to buy the syrup too? And here's a little discount if you do buy the syrup. Mm. And so, so you can also retarget there. But um, I think, yeah, most people think about, I want to retarget my site visitors. And there are all kinds of options on on creative lists you can build and, and ways you can segment. You know, I think really the, the, the key to good marketing is – you know, the, the market message match, you know, the right, right message to the right people. And so as you're looking at remarketing, segmenting those remarketing lists and hitting them with the right offer at the right time. Uh, Um, just real quick, getting back to the people that watched one of your YouTube videos, do you have the option of retargeting people that did not finish the complete video versus those who did? Can you get that granular? You can definitely. So, so when you're targeting someone who has watched a video they have to watch to the billable point of the video. That's the way it works, even if it's not an ad. So like even if I'm watching a, a video you know, that's just on your YouTube channel, it's the, the, it's the how to make the pumpkin spice latte, I have to watch to the billable point before that's counted as a view and before I'm put on a list which to is retarget. 30, which is 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah, 30 seconds or the whole video, you know, whichever's first. And so that you can do, but then I don't believe you can choose – other marks beyond that. So I don't think you can say, Hey, someone, that, if it's a long video, I want to target people that watch at least half or, or the full video. Got I it. think it's just, just to the billable point of the video. As far as targeting people that hit your website, I'm assuming you have the full power of like Google analytics behind you, right? So you could, you could hit people up that visited two or three pages on your site, 
right? Um, or yeah, people absolutely. that visited absolutely. this page, but not this page, any kind of logic you could possibly imagine is possible. Is that correct? Yeah, it really is. And, and, and if you want, I can walk through some of our, our favorite lists and, and kind of how to, how to think about those. Yeah, go for those it. Lists yeah. So, I mean, obviously you can do something as easy as just all site visitors, right? That's the easiest and, and most people have that. So anybody that's been to any page on your site, you can use that. So, so some, some ways we might use that. Um, and, and hopefully I'm not overusing the, the coffee example, but, uh, you know, if it's pumpkin spice latte season, it's a short window so, hey, I just want to hit all of my visitors, everybody that's been to my site in the past, even over the last year or more, and let them know, hey, pumpkin spice is available for a limited time only. Come, come and get it. Um, you can also then look at you know, product page viewers. So typically they're a little more engaged. They've, they've gotten to the, the product page or maybe on a non-e-commerce site. You know, they visited multiple pages like, like you've talked about. I really like cart viewers. So either cart viewers or cart abandoners. So people that have added a product to the cart but then didn't check out. And we like to segment those in like seven day, 14 day, 30 day windows, sometimes even, even longer. But, but for a lot of clients, those are the best audiences. Like those convert better than, than almost any other. So cart viewers are good. Hey, real quick, also, real quick question yeah. before we dig too much deeper. I want to back up for a second because I forgot to ask this critical question. Um, when you are retargeting or remarketing on YouTube, where does the ad show up? Because that's important, I think, for people to understand because there's a couple places, if I'm not mistaken, where, where the actual ad potentially could show up. Is that correct? Yep, yep, exactly. So there are really two different formats. There's in-stream ads or in-display ads. And in-stream, those are the, the pre-roll uh, ads. So those are the ones we're most familiar with. You know, if you go to YouTube and, and you're watching your you know, favorite music video, which that's what a lot of people go to YouTube for. So I'm watching my, you know, Lumineers video or whatever. Uh, just before that, the ad that pops up that I can skip after five seconds, that's that's a, a an in-stream ad. Or, you know, it's also called a pre-roll ad. And then the in-display, or they're also called uh, TrueView Discovery ads, they usually appear in the uh, upper right on a desktop, and they're labeled as an ad. So usually as a, as a thumbnail, then two or three lines of text underneath. You have to actually click on it for that to play. So, you know, with the in-stream ad, it plays automatically. Uh, um, couple couple quick questions. Yeah, a couple quick questions. Um, sometimes we can't skip the ad. Um as a consumer, like on certain channels, is that just the big brands ads that are not skippable? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you, yeah, you have that option, but there that requires a, a large minimum spend. So usually it's just for, you know, movie premieres or, or big brands, you know, Tide or, Got it. or you know, Bank of America or something like that. So uh, for the rest of us, yeah, we, uh, our ads will be skippable, which really I think is a good thing because then if someone's not interested, they hit skip, and then we don't have to pay for that that impression. So awesome! We're going to get to that in a second. Um, what about what about search? When you're searching on YouTube, you when you search on Google, you see the ads first. But is that the case? Not the case on YouTube. Do you not see paid video ads in search? So yeah, if you type in, so let, let's say uh, I always use YouTube if I have to do some kind of handyman work because I'm not handy. I just I'm terrible at it. So if I have to you know fix my lawnmower, which I usually just pay someone to do, but you know fixing the lawnmower, or something you search for a video, and then you have the, the the list of results that pop up there. So they're also in display ads could be there as well, or the the TrueView Discovery ads, and that's where you know you get the organic results, and then the ads are right above that. Often, uh, you don't always see ads there, but yes, so ads could be there. 
Do you have the choice well. to, to where to put these ads when you create them or does YouTube just yep. kind of decide where they go? You, you've got full control there and so you can choose in stream versus in display. Typically, we're doing both just because we like to test it and you know you, you can add uh, some text to those in display ads or, or TrueView discovery ads, which, which is interesting. Um, but when we run both, in stream gets way, way, way more impressions. You know, it's like, 90-10 or 95-5 or something like that. Just uh, because because you can target videos, because it auto plays, you just you get so many more impressions through in stream. So that that's usually where the bulk of your your spend will be and the bulk of your exposure will be. But yeah, you've got the option to choose both or just one or the other. What about mobile versus desktop? Because some people have products that just don't convert very well on mobile because maybe it's just a complex sale. What's your thought? Can you can you also decide to to just do desktop, for example? Yeah, you can. So you can do bit adjustments based on the device, right? So you could you could choose to do a negative 100% bit adjustment on mobile devices. And then that's now, uh, you can now split that between tablet and phones or tablets and other mobile devices. So you could go negative 100% if you wanted to on your bit adjustment, and then that would effectively block the mobile traffic. But I think for the most part, and I guess there could, there could be a couple of examples, but if you're using YouTube the way we usually use it, which is either top of funnel to you know find someone who's in the very early kind of discovery phases, or if you're using it for remarketing, either one, uh, de- uh, mobile can still be effective, right? Because you're either just trying to plant the seed or you're trying to get them to come back to the site. Uh, but yeah, there could be some cases where mobile is just not the best like, option. I'll so give you, you our case. In, in the case of yeah. social media marketing world, at least on Facebook, we know that people are not making that complex purchase decision on their mobile device because we have the data that shows that the conversions are all happening on the desktop. So we And we found that when we advertise on mobile, we don't get the kind of conversion that we do on desktop. So we've kind of depreciated or minimized, if you will, the spend on mobile and in some cases turned it off completely because a conference ticket is a complex sale, right? Because it involves registration, possibly hotel, flights, all that kind of stuff that may not be done at the on the iPhone. So, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a great example. That's so, a great example. And, and yeah, and, and, and there, there are other examples like that, I'm sure. Um, you know, you probably have to just think about, do we want to just use this as a reminder piece and maybe to build a list that we can then target you yep. know, through, through display or search, but, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that makes sense in your case for sure. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier some of the costs, um, so far we know that for the first 30 seconds, you mentioned if they abandon the video in the first 30 seconds, you do not get charged at all. Is that correct? That, that's correct. That's correct. And yep. it doesn't matter whether it's in stream or in display. Yeah. So within stream, they have to watch, you know, a certain amount when, when it's in display and someone's clicking on it. So they're choosing to watch it and does not auto play. Then there's a cost associated with them choosing to watch it. Yeah. Are the videos uh, automatically unmuted or are they muted? Because they are Facebook, automatically unmuted yeah, on yeah. Facebook, yep. you know, it, it, it's kind of all over the map, you know, a lot of people have it muted. So, um, interesting. So what else do we need to know as far as the cost? Like, you know, how, how does, how does YouTube calculate the cost just so people can kind of wrap their brain around that? Yep. So there's, there's not a true cost per click right now. You can actually look in the reports and see what your cost per click is, but that's not how you're charged. So, so I'll, let me break it down a little bit. So you're, you're paying per view. So you, you go in and you bid and you tell Google, I'm going to pay X per view. And again, that's, that's for the completed view. So that means 
30 seconds or the whole video, whichever comes first. So, you know, on average, we're seeing anywhere from five cents a view to nine or 10 cents a view. That That's pretty common. Wow. Uh, we, we've got some clients where we're going after a broader audience, and so we can bid really low. So we're, we're sub five cents on the view. So what what happens then if, if I'm – let's say I'm watching the video and let, let's say it's for social media world and I'm watching it and I'm seeing Michael on there and the, the conference looks awesome. And we got the little overlay telling people, hey, go register now, early bird discount. Um, and if I click on that, then it, no matter when I click on it, uh, then then we get you charged. would be charged for that view. Because yeah. the call to action was activated exactly. basically. Exactly. So uh, there was actually a period of time when that was not the case. It was actually you were just charged on a view and it was really interesting because if you got to click too soon, then you weren't charged for that. But that was, that was very short-lived. So is it the same uh, amount? Um, is it just a CPM cost per thousand kind of thing? Or is it, I mean, how does that, calculate exactly that's a little confusing if you're if you're paying yeah. for the view i get that you're paying for the view but is it random as far as what like the the cost is like is there any way to kind of know in advance how much i should budget yeah so one of the the nice things and then so then just to, just to clarify in case it didn't make sense as i was saying and then if i did click i would be uh, if i clicked and you as the advertiser would be charged your cpv your cost per view so that five cents to nine cents is what you'd pay for that uh, but what Google will do then in your reporting, you can see, hey, I spent a total of X and I got a total of this many clicks and they'll do the math and show you what your you know cost per click is that way. Right. But when someone clicks, you're just charged for the view. Um, and so one of the one of the really nice things is you're building out a campaign and you start to do your audience targeting. Then in the kind of the YouTube planner, you put in, hey, I'm willing to pay. What if I paid four cents per view? Then Google's going to estimate how many views you can get. So there's this little window kind of on the right uh, when you're in that in, on that page. And it's going to estimate how many views you can get. So uh, as you build your audience or upload your audience or whatever and then change what you're willing to view, then you can see what kind of impressions you can get based on your budget. So, so that's a pretty handy feature. And, and then really you just have to kind of experiment with it. But um, so it sounds like a forty dollars CPM is kind of what we're looking at, right? Because that's four. I just did the math. Four cents per view times one thousand is forty dollars CPM, right? So that is that kind of the going rate for a lot of videos, or does it depend on the category? So it depends, though. So the the, the factor that that really makes a difference is your your view rate, right? So uh, the percentage of people that see it that actually view it. Because if you got a thousand views, and I've never seen this happen, but if you got a thousand views and it was the worst video uh, imaginable, or I'm sorry, a thousand impressions, uh, it was the worst uh, video imaginable, and someone skipped, you're you're not charged for that. Um, so you do want to look at the the view through rate, you know, so the percentage of people that, that see it that actually view it. Uh, but you were actually you actually said a thousand views though, didn't you? So that would be if they if they completed the view. Yeah, I'm assuming like you know if I'm paying four cents a click and I'm thinking in traditional sense, right? Which is like uh, this is the blogger and me talking, right? Like in the olden yep. days, display advertising, you you'd sell a CPM rate. Like let's forty dollars is kind of steep, but let's just say it's forty bucks for every thousand impressions, which in the case of a display ad doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're actually watching it exactly, for 30 yeah, seconds, yeah. which is even better in the case of video that they're actually watching it. But mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you said you can set a maximum uh, or or this is what I'm willing to pay for a view. Can you also set a budget? Like I'm not willing to spend more than $100, for example, on this campaign. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you, it's a daily budget. You know, it's all done in the AdWords interface. Right. So yeah, you can choose that. But, but the other thing to, to add to what you were just saying, so... You know, if you got a thousand views and you paid four cents for each of those thousand views, you may have actually gotten, 
you know, 15,000 impressions to get those thousand views. So that would change the because not everybody abandoned, not everybody stuck around to get, to hit exactly. the 32nd billable exactly. mark, right? Is that what I yeah, hear you saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. And you, ben, you can see that data too. So th- this is really helpful. I, I love this part of it, you know, coming from uh, doing TV, you know, years and years ago. You had no clue, man. You had no clue if people were watching it or getting up or turning the channel because they hated looking at your mug or whatever. Uh, but now, you know, you can see and, and YouTube will show you the reports of how many people watched to uh, 20%, 25%, 50, 75 or, or completed and then you know what your view through rate is. So that that can also help you say, man, look at these two ads and how how much more people engage with this ad versus this ad and you can make some good decisions from that too. Um, the call to action uh, on Facebook, I think it just shows up at the very end or there's a button below the video, but on YouTube it sounds like you can kind of decide when you want it to pop up. Can you kind of explain how that works? Yep. So this is uh, it's called an overlay. And so you can a call to action overlay. You can have that show up whenever you want. And so you can, you know, in, in the case of the event, put up an overlay that says early bird discount expires X, you know, click here to get that. So you could have the overlay pop up anytime you want, kind of last as long as you want. Um, you can also, you know, we, we've seen videos created where the, the spokesperson in the video is, is, you know, pointing and saying, hey, click here, you know, to take advantage of the offer. So, so yeah, the, those overlays are, are available. And they uh, show up on mobile, desktop, embeds, the whole shebang? Yep, yep, absolutely. Is there any strategy to wait till after the 30 seconds to show the overlay? Uh, that, I, just so that you might, you know, not have someone go click happy on you? Or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, my my philosophy usually is let, let's if we can get the click, then let's get it as soon as we as soon as we can. Right. I guess the only the only way you may um, run into an issue is if if for whatever reason you put the overlay like too close to the X. You know, someone's trying to X out and they they clicked on your overlay, trying to get get out of the video, but they actually right. clicked on your overlay. Never seen that happen really, but uh, but no, I mean, I think I could see you waiting until maybe after five seconds, so that way, if you're got you know, you've got this message that kind of helps people self-select, so hey, you know, are are you a mom and you can't get your kids to eat their food, you know, and so um, let people skip if they're not a mom and they they can get their kids to eat food, you know, so so maybe putting that overlay after the five second mark would make a lot of sense, but but beyond that, I, you know, I don't think. I'm not sure that it matters. Uh, I've been watching the news on YouTube beginning to support vertical and horizontal video um, and I'm, dynamically. So I'm just wondering, are, I'm assuming most of the ads are that typical 16 by 9 format, horizontal, you know, landscape view. Is that still the case? And is there any horizontal video ads coming? Uh, that is still the case. I have not experimented uh with with anything beyond just the 16 by 9 so yeah i can't i can't really speak to that it's interesting and uh be curious to see what happens there but uh, yeah i'm not yeah, it's I'm relatively not new relatively new yeah. breaking news as of this recording you know yeah. um yeah. that they're dynamically working with the formats of the phone and just kind of showing the portions of the video it's pretty cool stuff um okay so we've kind of dug into like how the costs are calculated and what the different retargeting options are and we, we you started a little while ago before i took you off that track talking about creative things that you can do with YouTube remarketing. Yeah. Um, one of the things you and I talked about before we got on this call was this bought X, not Y thing. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, it's really, really cool. I love this. One of my favorite audiences. So uh, a good friend of mine, Ezra Firestone, I'm sure, sure you know him or know who he is. Uh, he, phenomenal e-commerce marketer, also co-owner of Boom by Cindy Joseph, a very successful e-commerce uh, skincare line. And so I do some work with Ezra. We run his shopping and, and some of his YouTube. And so he wanted to find people that were purchasers. So they'd, they'd bought from Boom, but they hadn't bought Boom Silk. And Boom Silk is one of their more popular products, but it's still relatively new. So uh, we built a, a combined list, and this is what's something that's possible inside of AdWords. So we built a list of purchasers, but people who had not purchased Silk. So we combined the non-purchasers of Silk with converters, combined those two together. So now we've got this audience of people that they've purchased from Boom, but they have never bought Silk. And the cool thing about that is then we can target that user base with an ad that's all about Boom Silk, and so which is like a moisturizer. So now the ad is, hey, here's why this new product is working so well, and here's some testimonials from some uh, from some happy customers. And and so we know these people love Boom, and they bought in the past. And that, that list converts very, very well. So it, it often rivals the cart abandoners or cart viewers, and sometimes it does a little better, but it's, it's usually right in that So in, you're, that you're, in this case, you're remarketing to existing customers with a new product. And how are you getting the existing customers into the aud- custom audiences? Is this like an uh, email upload, or are they already there because there was already a pixel or whatever uh, you know, on the site, and they were originally tagged as being purchaser of product X? Yeah, a couple ways you can do it. So you can you can upload a customer list, right? And, and uh, Google calls that a customer match list. So you can take any email list you have that, that you, you know, have permission to use, upload that to Google. Google will then take those emails and try to match it with uh, one of their users. And then you can, you can target that list. So it could be based on customer match, or it could be based on the AdWords remarketing tag. So you could use the AdWords remarketing tag to build your list. Or it could be a list you build in analytics as well. So uh, you, know, you, you can build remarketing lists in analytics. You can import those into AdWords. So it could really be any of those. Um, or you could, you could, you know, build them separately and, and then kind of, and what we had to do with, uh, the didn't purchase silk, there's not a way you can say, you can't fully connect your shopping cart, right. To say, Hey, did they, did this person buy this? But we just built a list of people who had never visited that product page. This is how we did this particular one. And so then we combined those two lists. So they purchased, they'd never been to the silk page. Combine those into a list and, and target them that way. And you excluded the ones that were already purchasers of Silk, presumably, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. Yeah, because they would have been to the Silk page, you know, to add that to the cart and whatnot. So, um, what else can you do creatively with uh, YouTube remarketing that we haven't talked about? Yeah. So you can also look at your smart lists, which these are relatively new, but but Google looks at your conversion data primarily. So they look at who is who's converting on your site? What kind of behaviors are they taking? You know, how many pages are they visiting? What 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 pages are they visiting? Things like that. And so Google will then build this list of, hey, these are the most likely people to convert on their next visit. Really? So then you can take, yeah, yeah. So then you can take the the smart list and you can target them with uh, YouTube as well. So you can say, hey, these people they may not have purchased yet, but Google's saying they're hot prospects. So I'm going to target them as well. There are a couple limitations there. You have to have like 500 
conversions in a month before Google can really make sense of it. And like 10,000 page views a month, I think, which, which isn't huge. Um, Where do we so, find so this so thing? I mean, true. is this like a special audience that Google's creating for us called the smart list? Yep. So you have to build that in analytics. So that requires that analytics and AdWords are connected, which for most people it is. Uh, but then you have to enable smart lists in in uh, in analytics. So that is something you have to select and turn on. And then once you do, then you can import that into AdWords. Do you think uh, Google knows? I mean, Google, let's be honest. Google tracks our every move, right? Even when we're in, like, Indeed. even when we're walking into a store. <laughs> yes, so, do yes. you think they know, like, hey, Mike Stelzner is a Apple customer, and he has been in Apple stores before, and and since you sell Apple accessories, um, that this is a highly likely prospect is that the kind of stuff that's going on behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, you know, as with a lot of things related to Google, they don't they don't fully pull back the curtain. And you, you know, you know, reveal what's going on uh, behind the scenes, but but they do say that it's based on behavior. So it's based on, hey, we we looked at your. They use machine learning. They look at who's converted on your site. They look at the patterns and they the look behaviors. at the people, right? I mean, it's not just what, yeah. It's not just what they did on my site. It's also what they do in general, right? Right, right. Uh, that's my understanding, and and that's where you can also. You know, another audience that's kind of tied to this, and this is going to be very familiar if, if you're doing anything on, on Facebook, but similar audiences. So that's where, you know, you upload, I uploaded the list of my best customers. So these are people that bought for me or been a customer a long time. Now Google find a similar audience. So instead of a lookalike audience in, in Facebook, for Google, it's called a similar audience. And that's also based on behavior. So Google's saying, okay, here's your list. Here are other people that have searched in similar ways, that have visited similar sites, things like that. Do those work? Build a similar because obviously, you know, when we're talking about remarketing, we can't remarket to a similar audience because they've never been to our site before. But we could right. do some, you know, as you mentioned, top of funnel stuff. But do those things actually pretty – I mean, have you found them to be successful for your clients? I would, and, and I'm glad you made that point because it's not a true remarketing list. It is just a lookalike audience or a similar right. audience to a remarketing list. I would treat it with caution. I would I would bid lower on that. I would potentially only use it in certain cases. Um, one of the the creative things we do with YouTube, and I'll tie this back to similar audiences in just a second, but. You know, we'll we'll also you know because we do a lot with search, so a lot with with text ads and Google Shopping. And, you know, maybe there are some keywords we wouldn't normally bid on. Like we got a client that sells high-end furniture. Maybe we wouldn't bid on leather sofa. That is a keyword. Like that's too too broad. But if someone has watched one of our YouTube videos and then they're searching for leather sofa, maybe we do want to search – maybe we do want to target that person. So you can layer in, you know, your YouTube – list your YouTube audience, you can layer that into a search campaign and say, I want to, I want to either just target people that have seen my YouTube ad, or I want to bid more for people that have seen my YouTube ad or video. That's also usually where similar audiences work the best, in my opinion, Cool is with, with search ads. Yeah. So at the very, very beginning of the show, you talked about how one of the things you do for a lot of your clients is this thing called shoppable true view. Yeah. Um, I don't think most of my listeners have any idea what that is. Maybe you could explain what that is. Yeah, it's super cool. So this was like, you know, another one of those light bulb moments, you know, the combining of two things that I love and got all excited. Uh, so shoppable TrueView is the combination of YouTube TrueView ads and Google Shopping ads. So I'm sure everybody knows, but Google Shopping ads, you know, if you're searching for a product, you know, Nike running shoes or whatever, those are the the image ads. You, know, you get the picture of the product, the title, the price, 
It's Google Shopping, also product listing ads. The ad units are called product listing ads. So that's kind of like the equivalent of uh, Amazon, Google's Amazon, right? Where all the products just show up Correct. under that shopping Correct. thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah, sponsored product ads and Amazon is basically, you know, Google Shopping is the equivalent on Google. Yeah. So with with TrueView, now you've got the the bonus of hey, I'm going to run this this video ad, so this ad, you know, highlighting my brand new pellet grill, my brand new barbecue grill. And then right next to it, I'm going to have these PLAs or these Google shopping ads that show options for pellet grills or pellet grill covers or, or whatever. So so wait, uh, on, just so people yeah. don't, the, the acronym PLA again, what was that? Yeah. Sorry. That's a product listing ad or, or Google shopping ad. They're used interchangeably. Okay. So keep going with that story just because I want to make sure I was fully tracked. But let's just use the remarketing example and then let's, let's okay. uh, start with that. So, so I go to the pellet grill page I'm clicking around or maybe I'm at the pellet grill category page and I'm shopping around, but I don't purchase. So now the next time I'm on YouTube, I'm looking for, you know, barbecue recipes or, or I'm looking for whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm looking at, you know, uh, uh, Peyton Manning highlights or something. Um, and so I'm looking for that. Now the pre-roll video that I see is for pellet grills from this company that I just visited. And in, in addition to that, so not only is the, the video ad there, but either just below it or beside it or potentially overlaying the video are those product listing ads or the Google shopping ads that show, hey, here's, you know, this pellet grill is just, you know, $349. Ah, and here, are the, okay. here are the reviews, that type of thing. So, so, it, so, it, can, so it interrupts your normal shopping <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a remarketing ad from something that you had previously looked at. And then it provides other ads kind of around it to allow you to dig a little bit deeper. Is that what I hear you saying? Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And what's, you know, one of the frustrations we have with Google Shopping as an example is that if it's a brand new product or a product that takes some explanation, you have to tell a story beside, you know, to kind of get people interested. You can't do that with the product listing ad because it's just a, a picture of the product and the title and the price and that that's it. So when you combine the two with Shoppable TrueView, you know, and this is when you're on YouTube. So I'm on YouTube, I see the video ad, and now I can click on one of those product listing ads that are right there by it uh, to start shopping. So the whole idea is is just to encourage shopping and to get someone saying, "Hey, let me let me go right to that product detail page and and start start shopping." Um, so what's cool is you, you know you have to have a, a product feed set up, right? So you have to be set up with Google Merchant Center and have your products in there. But you can then either tell Google, hey, I, next to this video, I only want these product listing ads. Or you can say, Google, just open up the whole inventory. Just show them you know, whatever product you choose and, and put those products there by the video. Usually we, we like to choose, but but you do have that, that option. Awesome. Brett, um, first of all, thank you so much for explaining clearly all the powerful things that you can do with YouTube remarketing, because I know that a lot of people listening right now are going to probably rewind and listen again, because <laughs> there's good. so much awesomeness here. Uh, if they want to reach out to you or discover more about uh, you and your company and whatever else you've got going on, where would you like to send them? Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to go is omgcommerce.com. And uh, check that out. We'd love to chat with you about YouTube or search or shoppable TrueView or Google Shopping, whatever. Uh, but but check it out there. All the contact info is there. You can click the get started button to schedule a strategy session or you know complimentary session. Happy to do that. Uh, also check out the podcast if you want to at ecommerceevolution.com. And then I'm on you know LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. 
somewhat uh, regularly uh, at Brett Curry on Twitter. So yeah, would love to connect. Awesome, Brett Curry. Thank you so much for joining us this week with your and sharing your awesome wisdom with with us. Michael, thanks. It's been a ton of fun and really appreciate it. Well, I hope you found a lot of value investing your time in this podcast episode with me and Brett. If there was anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it, simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 269. Make the investment in the future episodes of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button. I hope to see you there in San Diego. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.